Well, good morning to you, Kensero Baptist Church. It's really it's great to be able to share something with you today, to be with you in uh, gathered around God's word. I know it's not um, the same as gathering together physically, and it's certainly not what we envisage when we first set up this particular occasion. And, and we're gathering in this way for reasons that we never, ever envisaged as we find ourselves in the midst of this uh, coronavirus crisis. But I want to share with you from this particular episode, it's the story, it's just headed up in many Bibles, the road to Emmaus or the walk to Emmaus. Got these two uh, travellers. Um, I tend to like to think of them as Mr and Mrs Cleopas. We know the name of Cleopas. We've got no idea whether it was his wife or just a friend or a travelling com companion. We've got really no idea, but I just like like to think of it like that. But I'd like to share something of this story because it's been quite a powerful story for me. I've reflected on it quite a bit in the last couple of weeks in particular. And various things have arisen for me and I've not really got time to share them all with you. But I'm kind of grouping one or two things around uh, some of the main areas, in a sense, in this episode. So there's a cluster of thoughts around the conversation. Conversation between the two travellers on the one hand and Jesus on the other. There's a few thoughts around... Uh, the the walk, the period of time, if you like, that they have um, would have been seven. It's about seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. So got over two hours together, plus the time that they spend when uh, they invite Jesus in towards the end of the day and towards the end of their journey. And then there's a few things and just one or two thoughts around Jesus himself. And for each of those kind of areas, if you like, I've um, I've got a question. And in a sense, it's the question that's kind of just risen to the surface in, in, in the various verses around each of these areas for me. And I, I simply pass it on to you. I find them really challenging. But as I dug a little bit deeper into this passage and as I reflected on some of the things that God has highlighted for me in it, um, I found it be really powerful and really productive and hopefully in the fullness of time fruitful uh, in, in my life. So I'm delighted to be able to share those with you today. I'm going to ask you at the end of this to to do me a favour and as it were, or do yourself a favour, I suppose, really. And that's rewind, go back, uh, listen again to the reading of God's word, this particular passage. Listen to the text again and pray before you listen to it, Lord um, would you just highlight something in particular? Uh, what is it? It's the question I, I use most frequently with people and say, what's grabbing your attention? Which are the words that grab your attention the most uh, from any given passage? But particularly we're thinking of this passage in Luke 24 verses 13 to 35 this morning. And, and at the end of the reading, I want you to write down. Uh, what those words are it might be just be one it might be a phrase it might be a whole sentence a whole verse or it might be a question that's provoked in your mind just write it down no more than one sentence and make sure that then you spend some time with that asking God what do you want me to do with this or another way I like to put it is where would you like me to plant this particular seed of your word 
and where do I go from here? Now, if you haven't worked in that way with the Bible before, I'd encourage you to look at our 72 Network website. Just um, Google that, have a look on that and put into the, you know, the search thing on the website, the discipleship cycle. And you'll get a really simple, easy to download print off uh, outline of how to work round the discipleship cycle with whatever God highlights for you. But let's get back to the text itself. Um, I want to begin with the conversation between Jesus and the two walkers on this particular occasion. And the question that's risen to the top for me is this. It's what is the biggest question I need an answer for right now? And I'd like you, as you engage with the text of our scriptures this morning and following on from this morning, to try and articulate for yourself, what's the biggest question I need an answer for right now? You may know already, but it may be in the course of reflecting on this particular passage that you might be able to recognise what it is. Verse 14 says, while they were talking with each other about everything that had happened, as they discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. It doesn't tell us how that happened, why they were kept for recognising him, whether it was something within them, which is what I suspect, or for some reason God kind of put a fail over their faces. I don't think it was that. But Jesus asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? <laughs> it's part of me that thinks, what a stupid question. Because it, it says they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And anyone who had been in Jerusalem those days would have been well aware what had happened, what had caused a, the whole city to to be stirred up. And it's what we now refer to as the events of Holy Week, the week running up to Jesus death on the cross, his crucifixion and his subsequent resurrection, although they did not recognise that as such at this particular time. What are you discussing together as you walk along? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? But I just sense God is drawing alongside each of us and asking the same question. But it's equally obvious what the answer is, isn't it? Everyone I've met in the last four weeks has been talking about the same thing. We've ended up talking about the same thing. What's going on with the coronavirus pandemic? Our responses to it, our questions about it, etc, etc. And out comes, in response to Jesus' question, a whole tirade of things. It's like the, the BBC website. The, uh, it's like the government's daily update. Out comes a tirade of questions, of, of doubts, of frustrations, of hopes and evaporated hats hopes. I think it's exactly what's going on right now. We're all talking about the same thing. We're all coming at it from slightly different angles. We're all looking for slightly different uh, answers to questions. Where is Jesus for you in it? Where 
is he in the conversation? Where is he in your thoughts about what's going on, your doubts, maybe about the reality of God, your hopes, your fears, your frustrations? Where do you need him to come alongside you? Where do you or where in your life do you need to welcome him as one who he becomes a traveling companion as he was for these two walkers? Jesus, I think, is asking us, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Well, Jesus listens and he hears a whole load of stuff. And it's the kind of stuff he hears from me on many occasions. And if I'm honest, it's that stuff, the frustrations, the hopes, fears, doubts and all the rest of it, that frequently I allow to happen in my life exactly what these two walkers allow to happen it kind of eclipses them so or eclipses jesus sorry from their view so that they cannot recognize him have you been there i have i frequently find myself in that place where i'm caught up in this whirlwind of emotions and responses and questions and quite easily, God, the one true living God, is eclipsed from my view. And I think Jesus, in the midst of that conversation, wants to know what is it you really want to know the answer to? Because I found that people in, in this particular crisis, or, or, or and they're not necessarily finding it, but what's happened is that the anxieties or the doubts or the hopes or the fears or the whatevers are coming to the surface now some of that's negative some of that's having a negative impact on lots and lots of people and our mental health and so on and so forth but i'm also finding that there's a very thin place between humankind and our creator god across the globe in a way and for a season that I have never, ever known before. And I think God wants those questions out of us, on the table, out in the open, because as he demonstrates to these two travellers, he is able to be there at the, the fulcrum of the answer. Now I just want to flag up one or two things around the walk itself, the period of time, the journey that these two travellers and Jesus are on that culminates in this meal uh, when they get to Emmaus. Just a couple of things, really. Um, but you get to the end of the story and the two go back to the 11 and those closest disciples around Jesus. And it says the two told what had happened on the way. And uh, I guess I'm reading a lot into that, but when I hear a, a phrase like the two told what had happened on the way, for me, what immediately comes to mind is the fact that the very earliest followers of Jesus, his earliest disciples, uh, subsequent to his resurrection, became known as the people of the way, the way of Jesus. And I think this is where it where it all began. The big question that I want to ask 
each of us or, or ask you that I've been asking myself is what do I need to do next with what God has spoken to me? So maybe for you, you go back, you rewind, you listen, you identify a particular verse or phrase or word that God is highlighting from from this text and you work with that. But what do I need to do next with whatever God speaks to me? And I find that the answer comes when I'm seeking to walk with Jesus, to pursue his purpose for my life and not when I say, I'm going to stop here and I'm not going to budge another step until I get an answer. I think when I make when that's my attitude towards God, I, I find myself I'm sitting still or standing still for a long time. Another little phrase that comes up in terms of what's going on is this sort of sense of uh verse 21. We had hoped, we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Well, I guess we've all hoped for things that are just not going to happen in these weeks. I mean, in, in our family, my wife Maggie, um, it's her 60th birthday. We had hoped we were going to France for a week with our three children and their spouses and our granddaughter, and that's all out the window, as every other thing that we'd planned in uh, uh, for a few weeks. But we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. He's kind of put alongside that phrase a bit later on. Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures for us? What are your hopes that may have been dissipated? But where do they resonate with the hope of God and the purpose of God? Because the burning within them that was all about the hope of God being stirred up, the embers of the hope of God being stirred again into flame, but they didn't know where they could put it. And I want to say to you that Jesus has been resurrected from the dead and we are now called to walk in the light of his resurrection and in the power of his resurrection so whatever it is god is asking you to do next whatever next step is asking you to take you can take it and the final thing is just around jesus really and i've got a question for this as well you'll not be surprised to know is where in your life do you need to welcome jesus more fully i'm frequently being struck and i've been struck again in this last week um by Jesus' words in verse 25, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. They knew they knew what had been foretold in some way. They had hoped that it would be true. They'd heard even before they left Jerusalem some of the evidence, the beginnings of the rumours that Jesus was alive, but they hadn't invested their lives in the truth how foolish they were how foolish I am time and time and time again how slow 
I am to believe all that the prophets have spoken. I think one of the things this coronavirus pandemic has done for me is it's quickened my willingness to welcome whatever's coming my way, whatever's being offered my way from the grace and mercy of God. And then just finally, these two urged him strongly to stay with them. Um, I've just been thinking about recently that since my early 20s, uh, my testimony is my relationship with God became absolutely unshakable when it dawned on me in that period of my life that the one true living God was also a loving, caring, heavenly father to me and for me. When that truth began to realise uh, in my heart and mind, I urged God, I cried out to God, I wanted him to be my father. And I found that when I welcomed him in that way, unreservedly, he came in to my life almost as straightforwardly and as simply as these two travellers urging Jesus in his post-resurrection state to come in and eat with them. Of course, when he broke the bread, although they weren't at the Last Supper, there was something in Jesus giving himself to them that opened their eyes. And I just pray that that will be the end reality of your reflection on whatever it is God is speaking to you from these verses this morning. And so I pray that God will lead you, God will guide you, and God will open your eyes to the fullness of who Jesus is right there alongside you, whether you recognise him and whether you recognise he is there at this moment or not.